This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We are being um, pretty excited about the incredible event that's going on with covid as we are learning to invest our it's a, money a, a weird ourselves. way to say it i have to say it's a weird way to say it what what I he means my wonderful father means that we're excited about investing opportunities in the midst of great tragedy going on in all other areas of life and that's and at least something that we the, can find that's good in all of this yeah, we're going to find that something that's good, and that is that we are going to find amazing investments as we um, watch the unfolding economic train wreck being created by this pandemic and um, the impact that has on wonderful businesses uh, and the stock market itself, which uh, you have been you know, under a rock, you might not notice, but everybody else does, and that is the stock market has crashed more volatilely than any time in history. And rebounded also with more volatility swinging upward than any time in history. Yeah. Which gives you an idea about what's happened, I think, with the uh, investing strategy of index investing um, taken to the degree it's been taken to where there's no one seeking value. There is just buying the index, which has warnings coming from Carl Icahn, Charlie Munger, you name it. And they're out there warning you that this is going to have the effect of extreme volatility because it's pretty simple. As people get scared and or need, need their money, they withdraw their money, forcing the uh, fund manager to uh, that manages the index to sell the index. So an index investor wants their money. They say, give me my money. There's... There's not a thing that's a stock all by itself called an index. It is a stock, but it reflects as perfectly as possible the 500 stocks in the S&P 500, typically. Yeah. yeah. And that causes the fund manager to have to sell those stocks, which drives the index down. Well, and which the causes, fund manager is these days often a computer, so it just does it automatically. Often a computer and often a pension fund fund manager pushing that oh. that button to get out and not just a few bucks we're talking like okay give me my 50 million dollars today and that forces the sale of every stock in the index pro rata which forces it down which scares some other fund manager who says give me my 80 million dollars now because this thing's going down and there's an explosion of volatility sending the indexes pitching downward unlike anything anyone's ever seen before. And so the opposite are, coming back up, right? And I mean, we had we've had quite a run. I think um the something like the most extreme upward turn since god, do you remember there's some statistic like since like 1938, I want to say. I think that's right yeah. actually, since 1938. But somebody check me on that. Um yeah, it's been completely nuts. And 
all over the place. And today, as we record this, and we don't usually say when we record, but lately we have been because of the news being so nuts. Um, today's April 20th. The Dow is going back down. Oil is at the lowest prices since, I think, 1998. And things are going down right now. They could go back up by the time we finish recording this podcast. I have now, no why, idea. Any idea why the price of oil going down would affect the stock market. Wouldn't you think that'd be a positive thing, right? I mean, gasoline now in about 15 states that they rattled off this morning in the news is below a dollar a gallon. I mean, how is this not good, right? This is great for yeah. airlines and they're flying, people are driving. How is this not good news for the economy? This is, uh, prices are going down. Why would the stock market respond to that news in a negative way? I have a feeling you know you're going to tell me. <laughs> Take a guess. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the answer. So here's here's the problem, is that oil companies are a large part of the GDP of America, right? Energy companies are a big deal. And that isn't just, hey, we sell oil. It is also that we dig for it, and that revolves around pipe and steel. Um, we then move it. That is railroad cars and pipelines and trucks and barges and ships. Um, we then refine it, which is giant refinery. And then we move it again with, with pipelines and trucks and we go over to the gas station. All of that is infrastructure. All that stuff we just talked about is all capital expenditure infrastructure. And when oil goes down below where an oil company can make a profit, by putting up infrastructure, by putting up an oil well, by putting in pipelines, by filling pipelines, by running trucks. If an oil company can't make money doing that, it's not going to build those things. It's not going to repair them. It's not going to replace them as they, they get older. It's not going to stand up wells. It's going to stand down wells. It's not going to mm -hmm. build a refinery. It's going to tear down a refinery. They <clears throat> And the result on that is a major impact to the GDP of, of the country. And that's what the the investors are are feeling out there is that wow, when this happens, we're gonna have a big part of our GDP simply go crashing down. Mm. And that is uh, So they're very looking scary. at the industry as a whole, you're saying. So the, right. they're looking at it going, Okay, this is so low now that it's actually not a good thing. And the industry in Texas and everywhere else that produces oil is going to have a really hard time coming back. Yeah. So yeah. imagine that um well, you guys know that in, in the United States, the healthcare industry is like, I don't know, a sixth of our entire GDP. So imagine for some reason or another that no one got sick. Nobody. Now, there's obviously huge benefits from that, so it's a terrible metaphor. But imagine that that happened and doctors couldn't get paid, hospitals would close, all these clinics that have popped up are going to pop down. And all of a sudden you have a sixth of the GDP turns into, you know, one sixteenth of the GDP. And, and, mm -hmm. and maybe what makes it even clearer is that GDP is just the revenue coming through the system, right? And one way to think about this is that if I earn um, $100,000, me personally, and then I spend that $100,000, a real simplified way to think about that is that $100,000 is your $100,000 income. Now, obviously, it's spread across lots of people. But imagine, it's just right? If, I mean, my hundred grand that I spend results in your $100,000 income. 
if I don't spend my $100,000, there's a lot of people out there who aren't going to get paid as much, right? We don't need as many people to handle my spending if I don't spend. Okay. You're, you're puzzled by this. I'm not sure how this relates. Okay. Well, it re-rates, re- <laughs> re-rates. It relates to the whole economic uh, game that goes on. So, oh, you're saying the oil companies aren't spending money, so they're not. It's the whole trickle down economics argument the that they're whole not down economics. putting money into their service providers, yeah. and then the service providers don't have the money coming in, and right. they can't then pay their service providers, et cetera, et cetera. So we remo- we remove a billion dollars from from these oil companies just shutting down and not spending and not hiring people and firing people and all that. That's a billion dollars that's not getting spent tomorrow. That goes. That is not going out to Walmart. It's not going to Costco. It's not going to a gas station. It's not going to a restaurant. It's not going to a clothing store. A billion dollars is not going out there at all. So what a lot of people maybe don't realize is that there's a kind of a velocity to money where when I spend my money and I spend it, let's say I, I spend it on all in one place at a store in in town, that store then has all of my money and it spreads that around. It's not profit. It's being it's purchasing uh, replacement items for what I bought and what I spent it on. It's paying mm-hmm. employees for that. It's paying for electrical bill that it maybe needs to stay on later. So all of that impact of that $100,000 going out the door is to support $100,000 incomes all over, the, all over the place. Now, you take it um, to where we've been for the last 10 years is that credit has gotten cheaper and cheaper and more and more abundant Right, so now we're back to people offering loans on houses with three percent down, and you can qualify even if you have terrible credit. Right, we're all the way back to that again. So, credit has expanded over the last decade. So that means if I have a hundred thousand dollars and then I expand my borrowing by ten thousand dollars because I'm now they're loosening up the the borrowing criteria. And now I qualify for a loan that I wouldn't have qualified before. I, I qualify for a credit card I wouldn't have gotten before. And then I, because I'm confident in my job, I know I'm going to be making money. I then spend that $10,000 because I want that thing, right? I want the boat. All right. So I've now spent $110,000, which means somebody's got $10,000 more in their income, which means they're qualified for even more credit. So now a bank offers them more credit than 100, right? Their income went to 110,000. Now they get more credit. They don't get 10,000 credit. They get $11,000 of credit. And in that way, one person by one person, one business by one business, credit is expanding the dollars that are out there in the economy dramatically. And those dollars that they spend to buy the boat then go to the boat people and those people have money to spend that they wouldn't have had to spend and they spend it on other stuff and everything, all the money supply expands and expands and drives a more prosperous economy. Everybody feels like they're making more money. People get hired, right? The unemployment goes down to 2%. And the opposite, yeah. Yeah, and now we're in the opposite. Yeah. Now we're going to see it unwind. And in the unwinding is really shocking people, for people who have never been through it before like this. It's really rough. And you start to see companies that have been doing quite well as long as things are going well will suddenly start to fail. And they'll not fail gradually. They'll fail suddenly. 
they will suddenly go into chapter 11 bankruptcy. They won't tell anybody they're going. They won't prepare you for it. They don't, they don't have to. It's amazing that they don't have to, but they don't have to. And they will, bam, go into bankruptcy proceedings with some lender who is going to say, you know what, we're going to come out of this golden because they're going to wipe out the current debt and they're going to wipe out the current shareholders and we're going to emerge from bankruptcy in 45 days. And the reason the bankruptcy courts do that in America is because they want to preserve jobs. So they don't want to lose so, jobs. what we promised to talk about today were companies that we didn't think, well, you know, that. we're not sure, right? But companies that we don't think are going to head in that direction. And we say we don't think because we're not going to give you guys advice or recommendations here. So we're going to put a real disclaimer out here that we don't think that we could be wrong very easily. Like and ultra easily. we can't foresee the future. So we're going to talk about a few of these companies right now that we think are in really good shape. For well, I'm a not, very say, I'm not saying I future. think they're in really good shape. You're saying so we. We're going we're gonna to discuss I don't know. Them. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you which ones I think are really good and which ones I think are bad. I'm curious what you, what you think about them. Well, and we'll kind of dive into it. <laughs> this is not a list that we have researched or that I have researched. I don't even know what you're about to rattle off. So give me your list. Okay. Well, I'm not going to give you the whole list. I'm just going to oh, okay. throw a couple of these out here. Okay. All right. So what we're looking for now, you guys, is a company that can manage this decrease in credit that is a decrease in spending, which is a decrease in everything. Can they handle that? Are they going to come out of it okay? And um, do we want to own them as they're going through that process or do we want to buy them later? Can they survive either with less revenue going forward or would they actually benefit and bring in more revenue from this situation? Right, exactly. And either way might be okay. (laughs) Either way might be okay. And remember, we don't have to buy them right now. In fact, maybe just ought to think about this, that if we're really headed into a rough patch here, um, historically, it's taken a year to 18 months for us to find the bottom with the stock market. So, and we might add that Charlie Munger just gave an interview to Jason Zweig, which ended up in the Wall Street Journal. If you didn't see it, Google Wall Street Journal, Charlie Munger, Jason Zweig. He writes a column called The Intelligent Investor. Um, and it came out, what, yeah. a couple days ago, I think, we, on the weekend. We really need to interview Jason sometime. Don't yeah, you that'd be awesome. I think he's fabulous. Uh, really understands this ruler-style investing very well. And you should read his books. Just uh, you know, go on Amazon and put in Z-W-E-I-G, and his books will come up. Um, so what Jason found from Charlie is that Char- Charlie said, we're not, we're not doing anything. We're not, we're not jumping in. Yeah, he did basically say that. He was a little, you know, he basically said, we're going to come out of this strong. He was a little cagey about what that meant exactly. But he very specifically said, because Jason Zweig asked him if these companies that are in trouble now are calling Berkshire, calling Buffett, because Berkshire has so much money just lying around and basically saying like, Berkshire, can you buy us or can you um, invest in us with some now, very... I think, I think Berkshire is perfectly capable of buying all four of the major airlines right now oh, with cash. Yeah, I think... You just write a check yeah, and own United, American, Southwest, and Delta. So, um, <laughs> so he asked Charlie Munger, like, has the phone been ringing? Have these executives been calling you for a bailout? 
And Charlie basically said no. And he said, um, uh, what people are doing is they are frozen. They're doing nothing. They're frozen in place. That's what he said. Yep. Because they've they never. Don't know what's going to happen. He said something like they don't have a playbook like that for this. Right. And so they're frozen. And I just thought that was so interesting. I've been thinking about that ever since I read that. They're well, frozen. And he didn't use his words on Berkshire, but essentially the same thing applies. Berkshire is frozen. And and it, I don't I think, know. He well, didn't, we'll see what I'm happens not sure that's what he was saying. Come out. Yeah. But I think that they are, and, and they're frozen for a reason. It's like if you walk out on ice and you hear it crack, or or you go out on a, like you're snowboarding and you go up in the backcountry and you move out onto a big open bunch of snow and it slumps. It goes thump. Mm-hmm. And you watch a crack open up, you know, that's 100 yards in each good. direction. You're frozen. And you're not frozen because you're afraid. You're frozen because any movement right now could be the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the right thing to do. You know, m- maybe getting out of where you are would be the right thing to do. Maybe going down the slope would be the right thing to do. But for that moment, you're frozen to see what happens next. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and you hear the ice crack. Are, are you going to immediately turn around and run back off the ice? Or are you going to very carefully move slowly so as to not make the situation worse? And I think that's what he means, um, both by the companies that they're the, the CEOs that they're talking to and also the the way Berkshire is handling its 120 or 130 billion dollars that is sitting in cash is look we don't know where it's going to go this is unprecedented yeah um, we don't know the impact of this shutdown worldwide on on the entire world economy it's possible it comes roaring back maybe that would be one possibility it's possible that governments get it to come roaring back by pouring an insane amount of dollars into the economy and then all of a sudden we have screaming inflation and the currencies crash. I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities. It could be that we have and probably do have enormous deflation going on right now. I mean, look what's going on with oil dropping to... Right now, if you're in Texas and you're pumping oil, you're going to beg somebody to take it away for free mm-hmm. or pay them to do They're that. They're paying people. Yeah. And oil just hit $11 this morning, a barrel. And adjusted for inflation, I don't know that oil's been that low in my lifetime, adjusted for inflation. So we're talking about things that don't happen are now happening. And the impact of that is that we don't know. That's what it is. And so one way to think of it is you're frozen. Another way to think of it is you're being very cautious right now and waiting patiently um, to, to figure out what to do. And is there some safe place to be here? Um, no, (laughs) there's, there's no place that's completely safe or we would tell us all to go there. Um, so obviously gold and silver are moving up on this kind of fear, but could easily crumble if things are resolved quickly. Um, cash is king and my preferred, my preference right now is is cash but oh man i better be ready to get out of it if it if inflation starts rolling cash is mm-hmm. going to get crushed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know what company should we buy well that's what we're going to talk about here in the next couple of minutes we'll give you guys some ideas to look at um but you better know the business and you better be ready to ride it down if you're going to if you're going to buy into it now get ready to ride it down it could go down like a brick after the market comes up 
um, a low for the Dow Jones Industrial Average if this economy is really struggling around the world. In a typical recession, the Dow will drop uh, 50%. A typical, a, typical, a deep recession, it'll drop 50%, which means it would have gone from 30,000 to 15,000. It went from 30,000 to 18,000, so it went almost there, then bounced back up. You get deeper toward depression, you're looking at the Dow at you know, 12,000. Um, and if you go to the Great Depression, you're looking at the Dow at, you know, geez, uh, 3,000. Why are you saying that? Because of the depth of the percentage lost? Mm-hmm. Okay. Depth of percentage loss. Um, I mean, what happens is, is fear starts to take over people's long-term thinking and they have to protect themselves short-term because you have to eat short-term. You can't eat long-term. And so they get scared when they're watching their retirements disappear. If their retirements are 50, 60% in the stock market, they're going to get very scared and they're going to, you know, much too late, start pulling out of the market, driving it all the way down. And um, that kind of fear is completely possible in this sort of a pandemic environment. And yet it may not happen at all. It, it may be that by September we're up and running and everybody's good and we're, you know, everybody's back in business and the market's back at 30,000. Just nobody knows. And so moving now on stuff is, is the most, probably the most dangerous thing you can do. I think being smart right now would be to just sit and think and read and watch and kind of pay attention. So we're going to do some things It's frustrating though, about. isn't it? It's unsatisfying and that's oh, why... Yeah. You know, when, when Charlie even says like, we're not doing too much, it's, it's sort of like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you jump you guys, in there and buy You guys a bunch are the greatest investors in the world. <laughs> like, I mean, the only thing we know what they did is sell the I have a feeling we're going to find out what they're actually doing uh, in coming May. What's the date? Like May 15th May. or something? Yeah. I think so. I put it on my calendar so I'd remember <laughs> to look. Um, although it's going right, to so, be front page news, whatever they're up to. But my guess is that they're doing some smaller stuff and waiting on the big the big purchases for all the reason that you just said. Yeah, I think Ted and, you know, Wexler and, and, and are, is, they're probably making moves on small yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and looking and waiting for that big opportunity where Berkshire can really put a lot of money to work like they did when they bought Burlington Northern and things like that. Yeah. So um, let's talk about some companies that are, I think, to the point, we want companies that are anti-fragile. We want companies that are, are going to uh, to benefit from yeah. a real serious adversity here. And I that want doesn't some good mean news. That yeah, well, let me, let me, before I give you the good news, all companies are going to go down in price in the market when the market sells off. It, remember if now, the market sells off. If the market sells off, it, it, everything's getting sold off, right? Remember, all the 30% or something of the market is in indexes. Yeah. That's the top 500 companies. Those are certainly companies we're looking at. And they're going to get sold off because nobody's looking at price to value. They're just getting out of the index. So everything's going down. The question isn't whether it's going to go down. The question is, will it survive? And will it come out on the other side of this stronger as a result of this? In other words, is it anti-fragile? Okay. Okay. I mean, yes, I can accept that scenario, but I, I, I do want to say again, it may not go down. Like the, the situation we go through here may be that we just sort of tumble along at these prices until 
the economy starts getting going again. Yep. That absolutely could be one of the scenarios. We're just stumbling along at 22,000 on the Dow or something. And it goes up and down and a bit. And it goes up and down. And it doesn't go anywhere and it's stagflation and all yeah. that. Yeah. It, that could be it. Um, that could be the seventies. We're back in again before inflation kicks in. So I, I certainly don't have a crystal ball. You guys, I'm just saying that if the market really plummets, then it's going to take all the fang stocks right with it. They're not going to somehow survive this, uh, this debacle because their earnings and the fang stocks down. are what the fang stocks. Okay. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, so eh, eh, fang, <laughs> Netflix, <laughs> and Google. Yes. Those are the fang stocks. And they are right now comprising an unbelievable percentage of the index. They are uh, so up. freaking big and have yeah. gained so much that actually they're skewing the overall numbers. The rest of the market is actually not really up that much, but... That those stocks are up so dramatically, something like 70 or 80%. Well, but, since we've uh, mentioned them, I might as well tell you that <laughs> Facebook, uh, um, Google, and uh, Apple are, you know, three of the five FANG stocks, and, and those are all on, on my short list of companies that I would love to own mm -hmm. that I think are going to come out of this doing really well. Hmm. I don't know about Netflix. I just don't understand enough about how that company works to know that they're going to be able to uh, prosper against the competition that's growing and growing and growing. But they're certainly doing great right now. I mean, they're up um, with this market crash. They're they're higher than they were before. So obviously, people are thinking, "Hey, I should buy I should buy uh, a Netflix." I said Netflix, right? Yeah, you said, said Netflix. Netflix. Okay, I'm just cracking up because I watched a terrible reality show on Netflix last night. Not the tiger thing. No, I couldn't get through that. It was just so sad. I couldn't. That is the saddest. It wasn't even fun sad. It was just sad no. to me. It was and really like, why am I everybody else seems to think it's this? fun sad. And oh my God, I don't get a, it. It's people who are it's so It's just a deeply, tragedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. I watched like two episodes and I was done. I know. I know. Um, no, it's so sad you almost can't believe that, that it isn't made up. It's so sad. Oh, totally. totally. So, okay, Netflix. Anyway, Netflix, yeah. yeah we're all, going, all, all going over Netflix. gangbusters. And Prime, which is, which is of course, um, uh, Amazon. So, uh, Amazon, and by the way, Amazon should be on your short list. <laughs> okay, we're doing this really <laughs> that, that badly. We're monster. doing the thing everybody complains about where we spend a really long time talking about things in the introduction and then we get to the end of the show and we haven't even gotten to what we wanted to talk about. So give me the list. <laughs> okay. I'll give okay. you the list. Here we go. Um, so Amazon, Apple, <laughs> Facebook. So you're just going to name the Google. fang stocks. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the fang stuff, but not Netflix. I don't know. I don't know how to really judge that one um, because it's got so much debt. All right. Then here we go. The next level of stuff is Costco. Mm, my love. Walmart. Walmart from the guy who wrote in our book that he hates Walmart. I, 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 I but this I, is the you problem can't with ignore books. how powerful they are. I know. This is the problem with writing things down is then people later are like, what about when you said that thing five I years know. ago? I, that thing is still true. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Walmart deals with, I think, a major back, backlash on Chinese products. So we'll see. Um, so Walmart. Um, mm -hmm. 
Okay, now we're getting into some that are a little less obvious. Um, Tractor Supply. That's the name of the company? Yep. Oh, never heard of that. So Tractor Supply, and we'll come back to that. Tractor Supply, Chipotle, Mexico. How could I have a list without <laughs> Chipotle on it? Mm-hmm. Um, Accenture. Accenture, the consulting firm. Mm-hmm. Ross Stores. Ross Dress for Less. Yep. TJ Maxx, Ross TJ Maxx. Look at both of those. And Ulta. Ulta, the cosmetic store. Cosmetic store. All right. So now, by the way, wow. this isn't not necessarily my list. This is not my list. This is yeah, not Danielle's who, list. This is where'd a this list. list come from? This is a list. <laughs> I made this list up. <laughs> what? Just, just off the top of my head, basically saying, okay, if I'm going to start looking at companies to evaluate for owning through a depression, I'm I'm going all the way to like, okay. This is yeah. a depression. I'm going to be able to buy these for a dime on the dollar at some point. Then this is a decent starting point. This is a bunch of interesting companies that are all I super think, consumer facing. They are. Um, by the really, way, really uh, intrigued by that. By the way, put another one on here. Here's another one. Uh, Boeing. Okay. Okay. Boeing and Lockheed. Okay. And Bank of America. Okay. Okay. All U.S. based, also. Yeah, we're very U.S. centric in my knowledge and experience. Okay. So there's got to be lots of other great companies, but and and people are going to be very very interested in going after after Chinese companies in America, right? Buying Alibaba or something like that, JD. But I'm going to warn you about this. There's going to be a conflict between China and and the United States. There's no question. It's starting already. It's going to be probably an economic war, Cold War, something along those lines. But be very wary of the legal relationship of the, the stock that you will own if you own Alibaba. It's a... It's a share of stock in a company that's based in the Virgin Islands or someplace like that. You're saying if you're an American individual investor and you buy a share of of that company, so to speak, on the, on an American exchange, right? You're, you're not, not a, buying because I know any we have ownership people who have access company. to Chinese markets listening. So if you're not, if you're somebody who doesn't have access to Chinese markets, yeah, if you can buy in China, you and you're Chinese and you can buy in China, you you can own Alibaba. You yeah. actually own it the way I would own, you know, Exxon or something. But if you're American, what you're buying isn't Alibaba's actual company. What you're buying is another company that got set up that has a right to all of Alibaba's. Uh, a pro rata right to all of Alibaba's earnings. Okay. Now the problem with that is that the Chinese government says that's illegal. So you have the possibility that the Chinese government would say, um, we're just dissolving that relationship. Alibaba can't have a relationship with us investors. It can only have a relationship with Chinese investors. Mm. So piss off and they could do it. You're talking about an ADR, right? It's different than an ADR. Because I'm, yeah, an ADR actually special, does give you. Yeah, it's a special, uh, I forgot the acronym for it, but it's a special, unique thing hmm. 
that goes around the Chinese laws that these companies can't go out to outside investors. And they're doing it anyway. And the Chinese have ignored it, but they don't have to ignore it. And if you think you have a right to the profits of Alibaba and you own it, you're mistaken. The Chinese hmm. could take that away. I haven't looked so. at Chinese companies enough to get into that. So this is this is news to me. Probably shouldn't. Until until China <laughs> reforms itself, they just you can't trust the numbers. They just they can make them up. They give you the numbers they want to give you, and there's nothing says they can't. Yeah, they can, but this is a different thing. So you're saying actually it's not an EDR, it's not an American depository record. It's an entirely separate sort of formed company that then has a contractual relationship with the Chinese company. Yeah, it is. Um, Interesting. I'll, I'll find it. I'll get it for you guys next time. What okay. is actually called this thing. Next time I'm going to make a man, note. We've we're going to talk about Chinese yeah. companies. My apologies. I should know that. I forget the acronym. But I do know that it's dangerous in a, in a world where you're going to have a conflict between this country and your stock. So I, I would be careful of that. Yeah, you're right. These are a lot of, a lot of these companies are, are consumer facing and they're going to get hammered. But based on um, an evaluation of their debt, versus the number of people that like the moat of each of these companies is super critical. By the way, when you think of a company being anti-fragile, you want to think of moat. That's what makes a company anti-fragile is moat, right? And anti-fragile doesn't mean the stock price isn't going down. And it doesn't mean that when the tide goes out, your boat's going to be as high on the wharf as it was a minute ago. The tide goes out for all the boats. And that means your revenues are lower, your earnings are lower, everything's lower. So anti-fragile doesn't mean in the short run that you're going to have the same amount of income. Like, like right now, Netflix seems to be doing good, but, and, and therefore it's super anti-fragile. But these companies can be anti-fragile because their competition will be wiped out. Mm. If you have debt, if you're smaller and struggling, you're going away in a depression and that means that the companies that don't have that problem will shrink down a bit and then they'll continue to deliver their very important products with a big moat and they'll come out the other side with less competition than they have now, mm. more customers than they had now. Mm. And that makes them anti-fragile. And I think Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google all fall into that category. So does Costco, so does Walmart. Um, Chipotle is anti-fragile because you can get a gourmet meal there for less than it costs to go get go buy the food at the grocery store. What are you laughing at a gourmet meal? That's a that's gourmet funny. burrito. I do like their queso, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's a I mean that is a natural organic prepared oh, fresh it's fabulous, fabulous meal for like 6 bucks. The guac adds up to 9 bucks for me well, every yeah, yeah, time, but you know. <laughs> that's fresh. <laughs> That's avocados that were cut open at that restaurant that That's morning. That's right. I saw them do it. Not some plastic bag, <laughs> right? Which I hate. So I think Chipotle continues to do well, and and uh, and their price reflects it. My gosh, they're, they've jumped so much farther back up. Um, Tractor Supply is more of a regional kind of a company that provides stores for people who do small farming, backyard farmers. Provides stores. Yep. So oh, they, they have their own you, stores is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, they got their own stores. They're a retail chain. They have about a thousand stores and they they provide 
small farmer stuff. Like we use them all the time here on a, on a horse farm, but they're really good for people that just want to raise a few chickens. They just want to have a little vegetable garden. Well, that is yeah. trendy. Oh yeah. Give them that. You're going to see that, I think, do real well. And their price hasn't come down a lot. Accenture is um, a really good sort of uh, back office consulting company that builds back, you know, back office uh, software. And once they're in your company, they're, you're locked in. You can't get rid of them. You know, they're, they're just a part of your company. Really the best in the industry. Um, Ross, TJ Maxx, I think that's a field day out to what enjoy going out for fun because you're on a treasure hunt at both of these companies. And they set it up so it is a treasure hunt. I, I just don't know how they're going to handle the COVID thing, you know? You really want to be digging through a bunch of stuff during that time. But when You're the, when saying this it's passed, fun for people to go to TJ Maxx or Ross and look for, exactly. like, the pair of jeans that are 75% off that they've been exactly. wanting. Got exactly. it. And um, as, as the retailers struggle, yeah. these guys get the, the cast-offs and they can sell them super cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Buy yeah. that? Yeah. Ulta? is a small luxury. This is makeup and it is a small luxury. And in depression, small luxuries become super important. You know, the, the I mean the obvious question though is why not Sephora? Um it's a little higher end yeah. than um and they're I think they're private too, but um the Ulta is lower end, although it has high end product, it's got an enormous amount of all the way down to the drugstore level stuff. It does, that's true. That's and true. Then they, but what they have that the drugstore doesn't have is they have the ability to help educate you and have you look at things that may be just a little more expensive but are much, much nicer and so on. And they can oh, you're do right. That. Sephora is private. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, Boeing is a question of will they survive this chaos with the airline industry along with their own 737 MAX problems. Um, we think they do. We think they have a huge defense contractor uh, capability making $6 billion a year that isn't going away. And on that alone would be worth $100 a, a share. So we 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 think that that's a deal, but you, you're going to have to dig in deeper on Boeing and be careful uh, as they're going through these issues. Same thing with Lockheed, that's defense. And then Bank of America, we think is the best bank right now in the U.S. Um, and the most likely to come out of all of this with, it's the best run bank, we think, or one of the best, and most likely to come out of this whole chaos with a with a stronger bank. So that's a list right there to just start thinking about. Okay, as a way of thinking. Okay, well, to maybe be clear, I'm, I'm just hearing this for the first time. Hmm. This is not a list that you said you're endorsing. Nope. I'm going to read it over again. Yeah. Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon, Costco, Walmart, Tractor Supply, Chipotle, shocker, Accenture, Ross Stores, TJ Maxx Stores, Ulta. Boeing, Lockheed, and Bank of America. Right. So now, here's what a, I suggest. This is a place to start working on, right? Yeah, let's start working on this because I'm intrigued and I have a feeling I'm going to disagree on some of these and totally agree on other ones. And I might have some to add. So let's, um, since we're doing these shows now, usually the day before they come out, Let's talk about one next week and everybody can list, can work on it for the next week and then listen to our show on Tuesday. What do you think? Yeah, let's do Amazon. Let's do Amazon. <laughs> I love Amazon slash hate Amazon. I struggle with them so much. Let's do Amazon. <laughs> 
Let's do it. What our target would be, uh, what our what our goal is on on this is to come up to see if we can get comfortable with a price that we should pay for Amazon. Can we get comfortable with the price we should pay? Thinking that <clears throat> their stock is going to be decimated with everybody else's probably. Um, and, you know, should should we buy it at some point? What should we pay? Shall we do that? Yeah, I think the statement, the price is going to get decimated is large, a large thing to say. But so, yes. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but I want to buy it. And I know what I want to pay. And it's a long way from there. Yeah, it has been yeah. for a long time. But yeah. it's a hard business. It's a challenge, actually, because it's a, it's a hard business to figure out because it has so many elements to it and divisions and things they do and products and everything. It's really complicated. So this is going to be a quick and dirty version. So I don't want, I mean, if you want to go and spend like the rest of your week on it, awesome. But for people listening, you know, check it over. Get, don't get, get, an, get a rough idea. Yeah. yeah. I find it hard. There, there are going to be companies that are too hard that are on this list. Maybe almost all of them. But guess what? You only have to get a few of them uh, for your portfolio. You don't have to own everything. You know, just start thinking in terms of let's let's use the podcast to try to build a portfolio. Um, we're going to look at a lot of different companies, and you can find four or five of them. You're going to be okay uh, through something like this. And if over a course of time, over your lifetime, you buy twenty companies, guess what? It turns out that if you own twenty companies, yours diversified as if you own 500 of them, if you've got 20 good ones. So I think, you know, it's worth, it's worth making an effort here to try to understand how we go about looking at one of these things, looking into the teeth of a potential depression. Let's see how we'd figure out a value. Yeah. Cool. How would we we'll do that do next time? In a depression. Mm. Ah. Uplifting, huh? Now, the only uplifting thing about this is that you have to understand this strategy requires that we buy fear. We have to be fearless and we have to be rational and we have to be willing to step in with serious money and load up the truck when pretty much everybody's running for the hills. That requires a lot of confidence and a lot of knowledge about what you're doing that you build up over time. You build it up over time. And think of what you do for the economy and for the society as you're putting in a floor. You're saying, okay, the buck stops here. Um, I'm ready to buy this at this price. And I think probably if you are, so is Buffett, so is Munger, so is a lot of people. If we do this right, you're going to have a bunch of people in there with you. Yeah. Oh, and let's cheat. I mean. Let's cheat and, and use, and maybe not buy anything until three months earlier, Buffett was buying it. How about that? How about we clone the gurus more than ever in this environment? Would that make sense? Yeah, I think everybody's going to do that. Don't well, you? Everybody that's got any cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that's our general plan. And we'll be back next week for implementation of that. So hang with us. We're going to make All right. some money through this whole Amazon thing. and what the heck these Chinese companies are called next week. Yeah, we'll figure that out. VREs, okay. I think is what it's called. VREs. VREs. Or VIEs. VIEs. That's what it is. A V-I-E. Go Google that and I'll tell you all about it and it'll be completely confusing. Talk about <laughs> it next time. Until right. then. Thanks everybody. Bye. See you. Hi guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information, including show notes and more episodes, 
visit us at investedpodcast.com. There's a special offer waiting for podcast listeners to attend my three-day investing workshop absolutely free. So just head to investedpodcast.com. Everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it.